Tyrannosaurus rex means king of lizards. And when they're on display at a museum, it is often the main attraction. Today, you'll find out how two of the most famous T-Rexes ended up for auction and what secrets the bones of the most complete T-Rex skeleton tells us. You'll also find out the details behind a wild arrest of a dinosaur and how Nicolas Cage and Leonardo DiCaprio bid in a black market auction of a fossil. Next on Technically a Conversation. Super friends, welcome to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we like to share an interesting topic with each other, which we've recently learned, and hope you find it interesting too. I'm one half of your host, Cicela. Joining me as always is Editor-in-Chief, Jose. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Jose? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. You look how I dubbed the title and just, we're going to throw it down right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'm chief of anything. Except for myself, maybe. Chief of all the editing. That is true. Yes. I edit all the things. All the things, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Brief reminder, everybody, we still have that very awesome opportunity to win your very own coolest t-shirt of the summer, a Technically a Conversation t-shirt. Tell them what they got to do, Jose. It's really simple. Just leave us a review. Send us a screenshot to one of our socials. We're at Greetings TAC everywhere. Once you do you'll be entered into an exciting drawing to win a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. So check out our website at technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes for all the deets. Yay. And good luck, everybody. Shout out time. Are you ready? Ready. Here's the list, y'all. The loyal, the royal queens. Elena, Erica, the Duke, Stephen B. ContraZoom pod podcast. And I want to... Welcome a couple of new super friends, Janet G, woohoo, and Zeke C. What up? <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully you continue to join us on each and every episode. Yes, I really hope you do. Not that long ago, in fact, just before we started recording, you had mentioned that your godson still likes dinosaurs. I find that super endearing. Do you think he's ever going to grow out of that? I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't think that when I was 15, I was still into a lot of the stuff that I was into when I was a kid, but I know that everybody's different and I don't know. I think that's his thing and I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. I am too because I had this person in mind, your godson. Shout out. uh, I don't know if you want to say his name, but I'll say say little A because his dad is big A. (laughs) (laughs) But I had him in mind actually when I was writing this, I was thinking, oh my God, he's totally going to love this, hopefully. Do you watch any of those like Jurassic movies and all that stuff? No, I don't think I've ever watched any one of them all the way through. <gasps> oh my God, that's heartbreaking. They're, they're a really cool <laughs> franchise, actually. You should check them out. Every time I go to New York City, my daughter and I make it a point to go to the Natural History Museum so we can look at like the giant fossils of like all those dinosaurs and stuff like that. It's just nearly impossible to fathom what life would have been like with those living creatures like just roaming and wandering around. The other place we like to go to is the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So let me ask you this question. If you were 
a gazillionaire, right? And money was no object. Is there a piece of art that you'd be like, that's the one I would want to own? Damn, that's a really good question. <laughs> if money was no object, I would want to have a copy of Action Comics number one. <gasps> that's super cool. That would be very cool. Yeah, I would have it framed along with all the other comics that I have framed all over my house. I would totally respect that for sure. So let me ask you this. How do you feel about people who own these one-of-a-kind pieces of art, but they're in the hands of a private collector? Like, do you think that's acceptable? Or do you think like art was meant to be seen and appreciated with the world, etc.? I'm of two minds when it comes to this. Part of me wishes that it was in a museum so that everybody could enjoy it. But I guess the selfish part of me says, mm -hmm. well, you know, if I had the money, I would definitely want it. But I would be the type of person that would display it. I wouldn't have it in an airport. Uh, what are those places like those airport vaults where they have things so that, that we don't have to pay taxes on them? Oh, yeah. Those ports, those uh, tax <laughs> reports. Yeah, those bastards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that, I think that they're not letting anybody else enjoy it. And they're also not enjoying it themselves because it's just sitting in a vault in an airport somewhere. I can completely empathize because if money was no object, how cool would it be to just have some kind of amazing Monet or whatever? <laughs> but shit, even a Banksy or something <laughs> would be cool. <laughs> but yeah, then, then I do think about the flip like, well, people should be able to see it and, you know, appreciate it with their own eyes and the brush strokes and the, you know, the blending, everything, everything that makes it beautiful. So yeah, it's it's rough. And today, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. In today's episode, we're going to learn about two of the most famous T-Rex fossils. We'll discuss a couple of things learned from the bones of the most complete skeleton, how they ended up on auction. What? We'll also talk about an intriguing court case, United States versus one Tyrannosaurus Batar skeleton how that came to be. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, for funsies, we're going to find out how actor Nicolas Cage is tied to this topic. What in the hell? <laughs> Does he own the airport vault tax haven where all those uh, fossils are being held? <laughs> I think you read my notes before this. I'm kidding. No, he does not. <laughs> so we have an action-packed episode for everybody today. Let's dig in. See what I did? Dig, dig in the fossils. Eh? <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> About 65 to 67 million years ago, humans were not the apex predators because scary dinosaurs like Tyrannosaurus Rex were roaming around. That is, until a huge-ass asteroid crashed into Earth and eventually killed the dinosaurs, or so was the leading theory, according to the UK Natural History Museum article that's going to be linked in the show notes. Fast forward to 1987 in the Badlands of South Dakota. That's actually a really cool name. <laughs> <laughs> An amateur paleontologist, Stan Sacrison, saw something that caught his attention. Bones. And not like the cringe-inducing stories of like a random jogger stumbling across the bones of like Jane Doe. <laughs> I'm talking about the bones of a dinosaur which would give any paleontologist chills because they were specifically those of a Tyrannosaurus rex. I'm going to like pause real quick to say, let me give you a quick pep talk. This goes to show 
how you don't have to be a professional to discover really cool shit like fossils. Because just like Stan, the amateur paleontologist, let's also think about Clyde Tombaugh, who was an amateur astronomer, and he discovered Pluto. Boom. Go do big things, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, pep talk over. Back to Bones. 1992, the excavation was finally complete. They unearthed the T-Rex, and they nicknamed him Stan, after his proud papa, right, Stan Sackerson. This is the famous Stan. It's very likely that some super friends, I I know for sure it's not going to be you, Jose, but um, you might have seen the replica of Stan's skull in the background of an ESPN interview from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He had done it from his home, and you could see it in the back. So they were like, oh, my God, he's got a crazy, like, fossil skull. But it was just like a replica, right? But it's still pretty badass. <laughs> and you're right. I don't watch ESPN, so I probably would never see that. I know. I was like, <laughs> maybe other people have seen it, but not Jose. <laughs> what Stan, the paleontologist, discovered is the second most complete T-Rex, which almost makes it priceless to me, at least in my opinion. Well, rich people would disagree because, as they would probably say, everything can be bought. And in this case, they are right because it went up for auction in October 2020. Like a really big auction house, Christie's in New York City. Do you want to guess how much Stan went for? One million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Final answer. I'm going to play a I'm going to play a quick YouTube so you can hear the actual auction going off. Ready? <laughs> the way they do it at Christie's, I think is a little bit more, uh, I don't know. It's more understandable. <laughs> and then it'll just say 35 over and over again, like me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. All right, let's see how much it sold for. This majestic masterpiece, who is 67 million years old, is the king of the dinosaurs and is our final lot for this evening. Lot number 59. And where should we start? At $3 million. Bidding in London. Bidding in London, thank you very much. 3,200,000, thank you very much. 5,500,000 now with Rachel at 5.5. Five. At Six, please. $6 million, thank you very much. 7.5, seven, five. Barrett White now. Nine, please. Nine million. Nine, five in London, please. Nine million five hundred thousand. This time with James Hislop. Ten million, please. Ten million dollars. Twelve, please. Twelve million. Twelve, five, please. Twelve million five hundred thousand. Nineteen, please. Nineteen million. Really? Twenty-seven. Yes, really. Sorry. Twenty-seven, one, please. Twenty-seven million one hundred thousand dollars. Because you have come this whole way at $27,100,000. James, ball's in your court. We're all waiting with bated breath. $27,100,000. Talk to me, James. 27,500, please. We've come this far? Okay, $27,500,000. Fair warning. I am happy to sell this. James Hislop's bidder for $27,500,000. And sold. Thank you very much. That's a shit ton of money. It's really a crime that it went for anything less than $28 million. <laughs> <laughs> 
So although it sold for $27.5 million, which is already extraordinarily expensive, tag on top of that the Christie's fee to auction it. So the grand total that they actually paid, $31.8 million for it. (laughs) Yes, that deserves all the whistles. (laughs) That naturally worries paleontologists because it signals how much money is really involved in private trade of fossils, which I can completely get because it did break so many records. And, you know, it raised not only eyebrows, but it raised a lot of questions. A couple of the main questions being like, who has this kind of space to buy a 12 foot high, 40 foot long fossil? And clearly, I'm assuming that the buyer would want to display this awesome purchase. And not only that, but who has this kind of cash lying around? Your boy, Elon. Yeah, yes, exactly. He's <laughs> buying out Twitter and shit like that. Auction houses do take pride in keeping the anonymity of their buyers, too. So the secrecy killed everyone for over a year. The media was in a frenzy speculating who bought Stan. Um, and it was even more concerning that no one even knew where Stan was, the fossil itself. Like, how do you lose that? <laughs> this isn't like a pair of keys that you lose, you know what I mean? <laughs> but in March 2022, the whereabouts mystery was solved when paperwork for air transportation was uncovered that could be Stan, placing him in the United Arab Emirates. To many people's relief, it was confirmed that there are plans to put it on display which made paleontologists and just science in general really happy. The museum in Abu Dhabi will open in 2025, Jose. So that means you can start saving to take your godson. Best graduation gift ever. (laughs) Cool. I've got about 12 cents in my pocket, so I'll put it in my little piggy bank. (laughs) Okay, okay. I can already hear you thinking like, calmala, calmala. For 20 years, though, Stan was studied, and it was in the Black Hills Institute. Here, it was a very wise decision that was taken where they made casts of every single bone. So that's why Stan, you can see replicas of him all over the world, which I'm telling you, this is pretty fucking cool. So you can either go to the Manchester Museum. uh, You can go to the Natural History Museum of D.C., not that far. Or you can just make a big trip and go to Museum of Tokyo. Or better yet, why don't we take a four-hour drive to Albuquerque? That's right. They got Stan, too. Let's do it. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm fueling up my car now as we speak. (laughs) Oh, my God. And emptying out your wallet at the same time. (laughs) I put the 12 cents that I had in the little credit card slot. So, (laughs) (laughs) Blink, blink. Yeah, I can hear it now. I found the website of the Black Hills Institute page where you can order your own replica of Stan, not for millions of dollars, but the bargain price of $120,000. <laughs> oh, is that all? That's all. Cool. I'll put them up on display in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, why not? Here's a fun little guessing game time. If Stan, who was the second most complete T-Rex, sold for $31.8 million dollars, Would you like to guess how much the most complete T-Rex sold for? Two million dollars. Not too far off. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Sadly, it only sold for a measly $8.36 million. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Granted, this was in 1997. So with the U.S. inflation calculator, that would still be about $24.5 million, which again is less than the for the most complete T-Rex. Like, call me crazy, but that seems a little counterintuitive, right? Is that the new math going on? <laughs> Fossils just don't sell for how much they used to. I guess not. So the nickname for the most complete T-Rex, Sue. Now we know we've been fighting for equal pay for females since the Cretaceous period. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No one really actually knows why the disparity between the two. And in fact, they think she's a girl, science think she's a girl, but in reality, the uh, one of the documentaries that I watched, The Rough Life of Sue the T-Rex, that was released just last year, scientists still say they're not 100% sure to her sex, or its sex, I should say. <laughs> Sue was also named after the scientist who found her, Sue Hendrickson, and they found her August 12th, 1990. Hendrickson's story of discovering Sue was actually a really interesting one of chance and fate. Just like Stan Sackerson, Sue was also working for Black Hills Institute prospecting around South Dakota. A rancher had let them on the land just to do a little like digging and prospecting. They found a duck-billed dinosaur, still a successful day at the end of the day. And as they were leaving, boom, they get a flat tire. Sucky. While they were changing the tire, Hendrickson was like, hey, now that we have a little time on my hands and you're doing that, let me just go check some other things out in the other parts of the hills. She goes out to the other parts and what does she find? A huge ass vertebrae sticking out, which later came to reveal Sue, which is the most complete T-Rex ever. Turning that sucky into lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they paid the rancher $5,000 to keep the fossil that was found on his land. Sue the T-Rex stayed at the Black Hills Institute for only a couple of years until FBI came knocking at their door in 1992. There you go. <laughs> <Just like that. laughs> and they were stating that they were hiding the dinosaur. And what happened was the landowner who took the $5,000 changed his mind. That sucks, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. The rancher must have added like an inaudible, just kidding, you know, after he took the money or something like that, because he quickly changed his mind. That really sucks. This led to a really long battle because not only was the land in government trust, but it was also like an indigenous land. It was all kinds of crazy. Basically, a court came in and said, this is going to go up for auction. And it's now in the Chicago Field Museum of Natural History. So at least we can see it here also in the United States. That's kind of cool. A couple of things that we've learned from Sue's bones is about the size of their brain and which parts were like really enhanced. It was really interesting. They said that it turns out T-Rexes had a really great sense of smell. I guess like a dog is what I'm assuming. An excellent hearing for low, low frequencies. And it's believed that their vision was extremely sharp like an eagle. That's pretty cool. Sue had broken ribs, but they were already healed. So it looked like she had lived through some shit, right? <laughs> Rough life. You can also see erosion at her joints. And that meant that she had gout. What? Just like me. I know. I was like, oh my God. It's like, it's like your, your ancestor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Sue was 28 when she died, and the, they believe that she died at the hands of another T-Rex. Or maybe not the little baby hands, but maybe at, at the uh, metaphorical hands. <laughs> That's also the way that I predict I'm going to die, so more in common than... Oh, no. <laughs> than you actually thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these fascinating facts are just another reason why it's best if we could keep fossils in museums where scientists can research and study everything they possibly can on their bones. And then they can reveal all types of stuff about their life, their diet, how they died, etc. It's pretty cool. We can pause here for a quick moment to listen to from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to hear about that crazy case. This is Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Pierre. Pierre, what movie are we talking about today? Jeff, what are you talking about? We're recording an ad. Oh, is this an ad for Kicking It With Kendrick, the show where every week we bring on a different expert to talk about the filmography of Anna Kendrick? No, no, this is an ad for Losing It Over Leo, the show where we chronologically go through Leonardo DiCaprio's career from childhood to his Oscars. Are you entirely certain this isn't an ad for CML Classics, episodes of Classic Movies Live that we recorded two years ago? Well, I guess it's an ad for all four at this point. Well, you know what? That just works out because you can find all four of those over on the Heatwave Radio channel on Spotify. Nice. Hello, my name is Jamie. My name is Ryan. And we have a podcast called Stories, the True and the Fictional. We talk about stories in the movies, stories in books, stories from history, and stories from Crazy Joe down the street. But we also talk to the storytellers, the authors, the filmmakers, everyday folk with a story to tell. If this sounds like your kind of thing, then check out Stories, the True and the Fictional on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome back. How was your break? Good. I just stood here quietly. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you were just like very stoic. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I tried doing my best T-Rex fossil impression. Hey, then you can't clap your hands and do that little thing. (laughs) I don't know why people can see. I thought people could see me and I was kind of (laughs) imitating that. (laughs) I was so stupid. Sorry. So before the break, we did mention how we were going to get into this crazy, weird-ass court case. And I'm going to tell you, this entire next part comes from a National Geographic podcast that I heard. It's The title is called Overheard, and it's episode three. Mongolian paleontologist Olar Testig, I I know I butchered her first name, sorry. Last name Minjin, I'm going to just apologize and call her by her last name. She saw on the news that there was a Tyrannosaurus batar fossil, and it was about to be auctioned off in three days because it was Friday, and they were going to auction it off on Monday. And just for clarification, a Tyrannosaurus batar is very similar to the T-Rex, but Tyrannosaurus batar is found in Mongolia in the Gobi Desert, and the T-Rex is strictly North America. 
pretty interesting. Min Jin acted quickly and she emailed the Mongolian government, essentially saying, hey, yo, we got to stop this auction. The reason being is Mongolian law states no fossils are allowed to leave the country unless you can prove the fossil left before 1921 and it doesn't have to go back. The office of the president issued a press release protesting the auction in hopes to delay or at least halt the auction, but to no avail. The auction house attorney simply stated auction's going to proceed. Like, sorry, not going to listen to your mess, basically. Auction's going to auction. The <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's funny. At this point, Minjin knew she needed help. Enter Robert Painter, a Texas attorney who specializes in... Painting. Yeah. Hang on to your cowboy hats. Medical malpractice. What? Why was he going to help? <laughs> but Robert... Being the kind Texan that he was, was down to help. He's like, in any way I possibly can. Robert got an email from the office of the president in Mongolia just after 6 p.m. East Coast time where the auction was supposed to take place. And clearly, he knew there was no way to find a judge working after 6 p.m., especially on a Friday. I'm sure all judges were checked out on the same level as Ivanka, right, after the, <laughs> after the elections. <laughs> Coincidentally. The auction house happened to be headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw, partner. Right. And since Robert Painter practices in Texas, he was coming in clutch with the hookup. His old buddy from law school, who was practicing in Dallas, kindly called a judge, asked for a temporary restraining order. And perhaps the conversation went something to the effect of, Sir Highness, uh, what up, what up, my bro? Got an email from the president of Mongolia who needs to get their dinosaur back. But, you know, it's going to be auctioned off on Monday. You know how these things happen. So we need a TRO hearing to stop the auction. <laughs> I feel like I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Judge Cortez straight up hung up on him. Surely that's not a phone call that you get on the reg, right? <laughs> In the callback, it was explained, no, 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 this is really not a prank. This is really what's going on. Everybody's now on the same page. The judge said, okay, this is what we need. We need a notarized copy of all the applicable laws that are translated from Mongolian, Mongolian into English. But some countries don't have notaries, Mongolia being one of them. The attorney suggested to the president, well, just start stamping your official president seals on all the translations. <laughs> and it worked. By 11 a.m., the day before the auction, the judge had issued a temporary restraining order to stop the auction. Robert Painter and his colleague flew to New York that same night because the TRO faxes and emails were not being acknowledged, coincidentally. I'm picturing that scene from Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey's, his character like plugs his ears and he's like, la 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 la. <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to like listen. <laughs> the auction begins. Attorney Robert Painter is present and he stands up very kindly, says, sorry to, to interrupt, but I have the judge on the phone and he wants to explain how this is violating a temporary restraining order. Auctioneer dude could not care less. Just steamrolls through Painter's like words. Thing ends up selling for $875,000, but a federal prosecutor heard about it and took over the case escalating it from now just like a Mongolian president, you know, trying to retrieve its fossil to now, boom, United States versus one Tyrannosaurus Batar skeleton. 
Robert flew back to New York to gleefully watch FBI arrest the fossil and take it into custody. <laughs> Was it read its Miranda rights? I don't I don't think so. I think they were pretty uh, safe on that aspect. <laughs> Several months after the court order, thankfully, it was repatriated to Mongolia and off it went back to its home. In a, another auction, actor Nicolas Cage was bidding on a Tyrannosaurus batar skull, only the skull, and this was back in 2007. Also participating in this 2007 auction, another famous actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. <laughs> Cage outbid him and won with a final price of $270,000 just for a skull. But again, now we all know a Tyrannosaurus batar is Mongolian, and we're now all very well versed in Mongolian law, so we know... Got repatriated. It's another black market fossil, yeah. And sadly, after he paid the 270000 he knew that it was obviously stolen, and he did the right thing, and he did repatriate the skull. But he never got the money back. That sounds about right. I would imagine that would happen when you buy stuff from the black market. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That sucks. Thankfully, the auction house and cage, nobody was charged with criminal activity since neither of them were aware that it was stolen. So give me your thoughts on this entire subject of fossils being held privately. Did you know about any of these uh, things? I imagine that stuff like that went on. Just because you hear it with paintings and, you know, sculptures and, of course, comic books. So I assume that stuff like that happened. I assume that it was more on the black market, like uh, Nicolas Cage. I, I wanted to call him Johnny Cage for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Mortal Kombat here. Right. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, yeah, I guess I assume that it did happen more on the black market. I didn't think that... Uh, auction houses like Christie's would be involved in such things like that. It's like a respectable auction house. So it's what's weird. Would you ever, if you were like swimming in cash, do you think you would ever do that like ultimate flex and like buy a fossil? It's not something that I'm interested in, but if I were to do it, I would do it to give it to my godson. Oh, that's very sweet. But yeah, it wouldn't be something that would be first on my mind. I think if I was like Scrooge McDuck swimming in a vault of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I know I had mentioned that it was uh, the first one that I had talked about, Stan, how it was found in the Badlands of South Dakota. Just as a side note, I thought this sounded pretty metal. It was actually discovered in Hell Creek Formation. What? This is fucking cool. <laughs> well, the Badlands sounds pretty metal just in and of itself. South Dakota seems to be where it's at, I guess. <laughs> Definitely two very metal names. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, I think uh, Jose's really going to appreciate these names. <laughs> I'm glad you thought about me. Yes. <laughs> Do we have anything else to cover before we wrap this baby up? No, that's it. I already got the wrapping paper and the tape. So whenever you're ready. All right. <laughs> good. Congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again. You've learned along with us. My personal highlight were the cool fun facts about the two famous T-Rexes. You could possibly talk about all those cool things you've learned while you're taking your kids to the theaters to watch the latest Jurassic movie. Not a sponsor, Dad. <laughs> we hope you've been entertained by our chat and invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, tell a friend, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast now. 
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Yeah. (laughs) Quick correction, everybody. I don't want to start any bad rumors. Nicolas Cage and Leonardo DiCaprio did not participate in a black market auction. They only bid on illegally acquired fossils. That almost sounds just as bad. (laughs) It kind of does, but they didn't know. (laughs) 